0: Hi everybody, Lauren Mole here. Well, it's such a beautiful day here in the Wiki Wiki Grok Shop, and uh, don't worry, Judd's okay. He's just uh, he's sitting right next to me. That's right, Lauren. Thanks for kicking it off. We've got a good show today. I'm
1: I'm convinced this is going to be top notch. If you're a wine lover, you're going to love listening in. We have Alan Balick, noted wine columnist, author, tour guide raconteur, impresario, collector, aficionado, connoisseur. Okay, already, okay.
2: okay. Okay, you got it. It's time for the second glass of wine.
1: Okay, cheers. <laughs> there we go. Tell us what
2: we're drinking, and you can tell us what's going on, Lauren. Well, we're drinking, 2013 Judd's Hill Reserve Chardonnay. Oh, that's pretty good. A beautiful wine from a beautiful vintage from a beautiful valley. Thank you,
0: sir. Enjoy. Cheers.
1: Lauren, give us a little something to think about.
0: We invite you to join Judd and his family's winery at the south end of Silverado Trail here in Napa Valley, California, USA at Judd's Hill Winery. That's right. Visiting information can be found at com. We've got a beautiful newly
1: designed website. And While you're online, you can also check out uh, our fun videos. You can uh, look at wine-related poetry. You can even some wine in your shopping cart.
0: And just for being an avid listener, type in coupon code JNVS, all in lowercase letters, please, no capitals, and you'll get 15% off your entire wine order. Now, that's a pretty good deal, Lauren. Oh, it is. But
1: we can sweeten that up. If you become a member of our Juds Hill Wine Club, you get an even better deal than that. And why wouldn't you want to be one? We guarantee all the delicious wines to come your way. We guarantee a great time at our events. You know, it's free to join. It is. You can join anytime, day or night. That's right. On the website, there's a little link right there. You can call the winery. You can do it when you show up. Many ways to do it. It's the best one going. Exactly. Now, let's enjoy today's show. You know what,
0: Judd? Let's do so. Alan, cheers. This is going to be fun. It's always finkelicious on Judd's Napa Valley Show. fascinating things to know from witty and intriguing people on judd's napa valley show no sales script and no rehearsing live from a napa studio you may be that intriguing person on Judd's Napa
2: Valley show. Pardon me, I'll have a Chardonnay, a marvelous date. It's hard to say. I know we never talk about the Sauvignon Blanc. It's a must have on the podcast. It's Judd's Napa Valley show. Easy, the people You can't ease this flow if I elaborate over a cabernet. My buddy's the truth. You
0: should study my man Juddy and learn something new. Welcome to the Weeky Weeky Grog Shop, proudly serving what you want. We love days we can't forget, with friends we'll always remember. And now, coming to you from the exotic South Seas beauty of Napa Valley's most exclusive cocktail lounge, the Weeky Weeky Grog Shop, it's time for Judd's Napa Valley Show. I'm Eastern Sour, Lauren Mole, and here's your host... John Fingolstein.
1: Hey, Lauren Mole, an Eastern Sour. That's one of my favorite drinks at Trader Vic's. Ah, I didn't know that. That's a good one. Nice, nice pick there. What's happening with you, sir?
0: Well, uh, very soon I'm going to be singing with the Cindy Skinner and uh, Napa Valley Voices uh, doing some Christmas carols around uh, downtown Napa.
1: I think I heard about this. Is this all over downtown? Are you specific? Uh, Aren't you heading over to the Bel Air Plaza as well? Uh actually that yeah, that, that's what I was gonna mention. Oh, and, and are there specific dates and times? I think I heard something about one or two
0: Saturdays during December. That's right. Okay. So we just we're not sure which Saturdays, but Yeah. Uh Saturday, December third and Saturday, uh December the seventeenth. Oh wonderful. Do you know the times? Uh like uh like two thirty and uh six thirty in the afternoon. Wonderful. So if you're at the Bel Air Plaza, you'll be singing uh, do you know what your repertoire christmas carols it's, it's, it's holiday just all, songs yeah christmas songs but it's just all randomized gotcha in no particular order
1: okay well that's great i'm looking forward to uh getting over and i'm sure i'm gonna see you i spend time in that plaza often Oh, good yes indeed You're warming up your voice yes
0: maybe <clears> me <throat> what kind of vocal warm-ups do you do <clears throat> that's a good one so what else is happening in the world of lauren <laughs> uh, i guess uh Pretty much uh, nothing else. I just had, except I had the family over for a nice Thanksgiving. I, I know I mentioned it last week, but uh, I, I might as well plug it again.
1: Sure. Hey, I think anytime you have the family together for a nice time is worth mentioning.
0: Right. And soon we'll be having them back over for, for the holidays. You're doing Christmas at your house? Uh, for Christmas,
1: too. Now, you told me you cook for Thanksgiving. Right. Do you cook for Christmas? Is uh, there a different menu?
0: Well, uh, sometimes I help out my mom in the kitchen, too, with a the, with the nice Christmas ham.
1: Ham. Okay. I know you guys are very traditional. You were telling me about the Thanksgiving uh, meal. Very traditional. you got turkey, mashed potatoes, all that delicious stuff. So Christmas, you do a ham. What else? Do- Lauren, what else goes on to the mole family holiday table? Oh, like some
0: uh, yams and some mashed potatoes and gravy. Yum. That
1: sounds delicious. Very traditional. And do you do some singing? Since you are a singer, do you do some singing at the home?
0: <laughs> uh no, not you guys,
1: really. You guys don't join in a chorus of no. Uh, jingle? No.
0: Okay. No. Do
1: you do, let me ask you this. Do you do gifts Christmas Eve after dinner? I know quite a few people who that's their tradition. Or do you prefer to wake up in the morning and run to the tree and see what Santa has left you on Christmas day?
0: Well, actually, first we go to church on, on the Christmas morning. Okay. Very that's good. the first thing. First thing, before e- before presents. Before presents.
1: Get to church, okay. Yes. Then come home. Uh, actually, then we have breakfast after church. Hey, do you go somewhere for that? What's What's open? Black Bear Diner. Black Bear Diner. Solid. Okay. Awesome place. Okay. Well, I'm not aware that they're a sponsor, so let's not plug them too much. Okay. But go ahead, and uh, and then we we rush home for for presents. Oh, that's nice. And I'm curious, do you do while you open the presents? I see in the movies, and I kind of like to do this myself. You know, while you're opening gifts, you have like a a mug of something like mulled wine or a hot toddy or something like that? Sometimes. Sometimes. Okay, well, it sounds nice. Sounds Just like not a, all the time. sounds like a good Christmas you got going. We
0: do. <laughs> okay, good, good, good.
1: I'm good. So, uh, so what's been going on with you, Judd? Well, uh, as you said, Thanksgiving was not too long ago. Always enjoy that. We, we have everybody come to visit us, which is always fun. Definitely fun. It, it gets busy, and I actually enjoy that. I really like having the house full of people. We have a lot of family that comes from out of town. We have a lot of friends that come join us. And I do the turkey and the gravy. I promise a table where everyone can sit, set nicely. I promise a nice array of wines, and I promise a turkey. Other than that, I don't call it potluck. I call it a communal feast. So everybody brings a little something to fill in, and it, it always works out. We've, we've had, we, this, was, this was kind of fun. We had several people of Indian descent join us. Ah. And we often do. And I love Indian food. So it's a treat for me because they bring Indian flavored dishes. You know, the appetizers for years and years for our Thanksgiving have always been samosas. So we do samosas and champagne. That's like our traditional Thanksgiving start. And then um, other delicious dishes to go with our turkey and gravy. So that's fun. And I'm, I'm, I'm honing it in. And I think by next year, I, I've never had a disaster. I think I mentioned this before with the turkey some close calls, but I'm honing it in uh, and, and next year, I think I've, I've got it totally dialed and I'm expecting greatness. I'm going to knock on wood because saying that out loud almost guarantees that it will be a disaster next year. But now I'm looking forward to next year. I'm looking forward to our events at the winery. We have our Hanukkah Hootenanny, which is coming up here in December, which is sold out unless you are a member of our Juds Hill Wine Club. You can't get in. The tickets are sold out to the general public. I recommend you become a member of our wine club. It's, uh, in my opinion, the best one going. And I have my reasons, which I can give you if you uh, drop in and visit, especially if you're a local, because we have these great events that are uh, free for our wine club members to attend. And if you're local, you just come on in. So that's sold out, unless you're a wine club member. But we also have other events coming up, and we have our cruise. We're going to Alaska. We, uh, this Earlier this year, we went to Bordeaux, France, and did a river cruise. For the judd's hill wine club now we're heading to alaska that's june 30th through july 7th and folks can get the information by going to judshill.com, clicking on the events tab and i guarantee a great time we're going to have excursions kayaking fishing there'll be a couple wine seminars that i'm going to give so i'll make sure that they're engaging and entertaining <coughs> we're going to have a what do you call those things where you pair wine with dinner a wine paired dinner that's exactly right We're going to have one of those, and the cuisine above Oceana Cruises is excellent. So, tons of fun. Look it up, judshillcom events. Join us aboard on our way to Alaska. That's all I've got to say about that. We have a very prominent guest. Oh, we do. This person is very well known in the world of wine, and I can't wait to get to talking. And he's recovering from something, apparently. (laughs) Ah. So, we'll pour you something. That's going to clear you right up.
0: Would you please introduce our special guest today? Sure, Judd. Our guest <laughs> knows wines from the African to the Gaelic. He's skilled at sipping, but give him an ice cream cone and he may lick. <laughs> now today on our show, get ready to know Mr. Worldy Wine Man, Alan Balik. Hello, hello, Judd. Hello, H- Lauren. Hey, hello, oh, Alan.
1: Alan Bailick. Welcome, it's great to have you here. Thank
0: you, thank you. And I'm
2: I'm sort of reliving some of my Thanksgiving oh, yeah. with four grandchildren in the house spreading all kinds of disease. Oh, geez. Oh, so during this geez. morning, I am into coughing and clearing my throat, as well as sipping a little bit of Judd's Hill 2013 Reserve Chardonnay. We are, we popped a bottle here. I figured uh, <coughs> Cough number one.
1: Oh, well, luckily, we can edit as much of this out as possible. But... Um, And it's tight quarters in here, so I'm going to take a little vitamin C. Hopefully, your grandchildren won't be (laughs) spreading it to Lauren and me through you. But I'm I'm really glad you're joining us. I've been wanting to talk to you for some time. You are one of these guys in the world of wine who seems to be... What's that word ubiquitous? That is the word. You have many writings to your name. You've got uh, a book, The Guide to Choosing, Serving, and Enjoying Wine. You write... Uh, wine column from the Napa Valley Register. Your columns show up in the Huffington Post. You lead tours around the world, around Napa Valley for wine. You consult pe- with people. <clears throat> and uh-oh, there it goes. <clears throat> I just got it. You consult with people on their own cellars or people getting in the wine business. I mean, it goes on. You're, as, as Lauren said in his intro, you are Mr. Worldly Wine.
2: Well, that's that's very nice, Lauren. Thank you very much. Oh, I you're quite welcome. I look at myself a little more humbly, but I, it's nice to hear. Oh, well it's good, good well, to hear.
0: Well, Alan, you're a fine human being and a good civilian, and we are honored to have you here today. Thank you very much. <laughs> and caught me with a mouthful of this of Chardonnay.
2: this medicine, medicine, yeah, medicine. Excuse me, medicine, medicine.
1: That's a nice thing about doing the show from the grog shop. You can have a little grog or some <laughs> fine wine. Well, let's talk. Let's let's talk about you and the world of wine and. But let's go back. Let's go way back. I mean, right now we know, sitting here, that you are, as I said, a prominent figure in the world of wine. Did, did you grow up that way? Did your, was your family into wine, food, this type no, of thing? No, not at no. all.
2: Not at all. In fact, it, I tell this story often. that uh, We were in the watch business. My dad was in the watch business. and. Oh. Uh, after going to school and graduating with a doctorate in pharmacy and practicing for all of two and a half years in pharmacy, yeah. running a small hospital pharmacy in L.A., I decided to be in the watch business, too. Oh, but really? we, had a, we, we had a supplier from Switzerland, and Joss Allstetter. And Joss would come to L.A., where we lived, uh, several times a year, and each time my mother would want to have him over to the house for dinner. And she'd prepare a dinner, and she knew that he wanted wine, so she went out and always bought one of those gorgeous bottles of Lancers Rosé. Oh yeah! And I used to watch as a young child in that tapered kind in the of tapered jug. brown bottle, yeah. brown jug, yes, that yeah. you could use as a planter afterwards. <laughs> right. And uh, I used to watch Josh kind of cringe. Oh, no. <laughs> when this fine wine was not being poured, okay? <laughs> but, <laughs> but anyway, no, my family, uh, there's no history of wine in my family uh, except for Manischewitz at the holiday time, and sure. that was about it. Uh, my first buzz. <clears throat> and when I was going to college, uh, we would study late at night with a bottle of Red Mountain, a half gallon of Red Mountain <laughs> on the floor, and everybody would get up and pour a little sippy cup, and then we'd go back. Uh, But I I just, I got into wine, uh, what I would say, a a bit later in life. Well, let me ask
1: you, you mentioned in college drinking this half gallon of... uh, Red Mountain. Red Mountain. Who made that? Was that a... uh, Uh,
2: You know, I don't even know, uh, but we hadn't stepped up to Almaden yet. Okay,
1: so it was a little (laughs) bit underneath that. Now, uh, you and my father knew each other in college. You guys were friends.
2: Yes, we were fraternity brothers.
1: And you know i i assume it's just coincidental that you both got into wine both came to napa valley you know separately but it's it's really interesting was he part of this group that would partake of the, the my father i'm talking about the half gallon of no your dad
2: da- your dad was more with the keg of beer on the friday night parties was he really yeah
1: you know what forget about your background <laughs> just tell me stories about my dad in college we could do that for a long time oh okay. dear you know, maybe maybe off mic i'd like to hear some of these okay so you're drinking the Mountain red. Did this spark any interest at all? Like somehow, I know they. I, I, I know that folks start often with a wine that might be inexpensive, just as a way to taste, and and somehow their taste buds say this is. There's something in here that's pleasing. Let me continue down this path and keep exploring. Well, was actually, that your
2: no. It it really it was not my gateway at all. Uh, in fact, after our study sessions with a half gallon of wine, you can imagine what or tests looked like the next day, Uh-oh. but uh, no, I, I was actually a Scotch drinker for years, and then uh, I started to get into wine through a good friend of mine, and I know you know uh, Paul Frank, uh, sure. founder of Gemstone Vineyards. Yeah, yeah. Paul was actually uh, he and I grew up in the jewelry business together. He more on the ju- he was on the jewelry side and the diamond side. I was on the watch side. Okay, but we were both young at that time. Uh, In the industry, and he had a big love of wine. He was a collector, and we were at a uh, convention at Silverado, a jewelry convention for the Western States, and it was a retail-oriented day. We were both on the supply end, so he was kind enough to take my wife and I with his wife Susie and and another friend, and the first winery we visited was Camus, and I had the pleasure of meeting Charlie Wagner, who greeted us in his overalls. (laughs) And a four-foot-by-18-inch bar wouldn't let us leave before we signed a petition against the state taxes. And that was my real introduction (laughs) to wine. Wow. When was this? Uh, That was 1979. Oh, my. Okay. And then the next day, we were having lunch at Domaine Chandon, and we ended up going to visit Mike Gergich, who had just launched his new winery in uh, Rutherford, Gurgich Hills. And uh, we met Mike Gurgit. So those were the two people that I met on my first trip to Napa Valley, and Mike is, I'm glad to say, is still a very, very good friend of ours.:
1: That's, that's wonderful. No he's quite a figure here in the valley. What an introduction. Yeah. So then what led you to this path to, to make wine your life and your career? and what where I,
2: I got very involved with it primarily as a collector, and uh, right on, I, I started after our trip to the Napa Valley that. Uh, in 1979, I just started reading a lot and tasting a lot and joining tasting groups and reading more and tasting more and uh, buying stuff. I I bought a cellar, or I'm sorry, I built a cellar Mm. in the basement of our house. And this is in Southern California. Yeah, in Sherman Oaks. Mm -hmm. It just grew from there. And uh, as the passion built, I started to write about wine and do other things and then conduct some educational seminars and tourism. And when I moved up to the Valley, I was, <clears throat> excuse me, that was from the grandchildren. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, When we moved to the Valley in 2001, uh, I decided to sever my relationship with the jewelry business and some other things that I was consulting on at mm-hmm. the time and focus on wine and consulting with wineries. On sales and marketing programs, uh, hosting wine trips for for uh, clients with their groups of friends, and it it grew from there. Well,
1: that must have been your plan. I mean, to come to Napa Valley, <coughs> leave the leave the the watch business, the jewel jewelry business, and and be wine. I mean, was was that the impetus to move to the valley? Was just to make wine the center of your life? No. Oh, it wasn't? No,
2: no, no. It actually it, it was nice. It just came about. No, really? it wasn't. Oh, it seems no, like I, we no. moved up here because we had a lot of friends here, oh. and we Barbara and I, my wife and I, have been uh, doing a very large charity wine auction in Southern California, the Benefits of Cystic Fibrosis Foundation, since 1990, and so although we were coming up to the valley five or six times a year to visit and meet new people, make new friends, uh, doing this event threw us into a larger circle of friends, yeah. so it w- we wanted to move into a little smaller house, simplify our life, (laughs) right? (laughs) Simplifying your life when you live in L.A. is moving out of L.A., okay? But simplify our lives. And it just sort of happened uh, that I gravitated into the wine business and it became as much of a business as it was a passion.
1: Wonderful. You you mentioned even before moving up here (laughs) that you began, once you got interested, you began doing some writing. Mm -hmm. And who, who was this writing or did it appear somewhere? Were you just kind well, of writing it, down your own thoughts to share with your tasting groups, or was this?
2: A little bit of that, but uh, I guess it was in uh, about 2000, then in and around there. Uh, we were in uh, Costa Rica with oh. good friends who happened to be uh, publishers, book publishers and writers, oh. and they had a very successful series of books going uh, a guide to series like the guide to the Wall Street to your personal finance, mm. which was uh, published through the Wall Street Journal, and so we were sitting at, at dinner one night, and I brought a bunch of wine down to Costa Rica with me, <laughs> and course. we were sitting at dinner, and I remember it was over a, a 1991 Palmyre Chardonnay, and um, I brought this in, and the waiter at the lodge we were at, up in the rainforest, mm-hmm. uh, poured it like you would pour a glass of lemonade uh, almost over the rim, but right up to it anyway. <laughs> and I said to my friend, Virginia, I said, you know, I I wonder if Mrs. So-and-so, I don't remember her name now, would like to host me for a week here and I could teach their servers how to pour wine and about wine. Uh-huh. And she says, well, why don't we write a book about it? And that's where we came up with the guide for serving, choos- choosing serving and enjoying wine. And uh, so... I did the text. I wrote all the text. Mm-hmm. Virginia put it into her very unassuming style of literature. Yeah. And they did amazing graphics in their offices, which they were famous for. And the book, you know, ended up selling out. And yeah. So, it did, uh, well,
1: it's, I went, to, I know I've got a copy, but I was just curious to see if it was still available. And um, Apparently not. You have to get it through a collector or third well, party. A- a- Amazon
2: or. does have some used copies available. Yeah. And I needed some copies to show to somebody, so I went online. Oh, you did? Ken was out <laughs> of them. Ken Morris, the publisher of Virginia. Done. they were de- They were out of the books. They, they only had a couple at their house. And so uh, we had been meaning to do a second edition, but like a lot of things in life, that never happened. So I went on Amazon. Mm-hmm. and I bought a dozen books. You know, and, and when you're buying used books, you got to do it one at a time. Oh, yeah, And yeah. so here are my dozen books came in in all different packages. Yeah. And I opened the first one, and it had my signature in it. It was somebody I gave the book to. Okay, <laughs> so I ended up buying that back. Did, it,
1: did it say... Uh, <laughs> it say dear Barbara no, um, <laughs> no, no, it didn't say dear Barbara, she still has hers oh, she copy. still has hers. your wife yeah. kept hers so. yeah. okay that's nice, but it's a very cool book. It's the guide to choosing, serving, and enjoying wine. I certainly recommend it to anyone if you can find a copy I mean it definitely you know it's not like your average primer it's not full of hard to understand technical information you don't you don't you don't really get into the weeds too much it's just it's very consumer friendly. You know, it makes wine easy to understand, and it's got a, I think it's it's kind of a common sense approach. Yeah, that, yeah. Our, our
2: idea was, and we were going to call the book Uncorking the Myths. Oh, that's good. But the uh, printer, printing publisher who did the um, all of Ken and Virginia's Guide to books said, no, I want it to be a Guide to, so we came up with that cumbersome title of Guide to choosing, serving, enjoying wine. But we were going to call it Uncorking the Myths because it really is about making wine. And Michael Mondavi wrote the foreword, mm. and it fits in with the Mondavi family's philosophy of making wine just an enjoyable part of your, you know, mealtime enjoyment. Absolutely. And uh, so that was really our key message to send is that wine doesn't have to be something to cherish. It should be something to enjoy. I mentioned that to a client one time. He says, what's wrong with cherishing my wine? And I don't have an answer for that. <laughs> well,
1: I mean, I would answer there's, there's nothing wrong with cherishing it, but but enjoy it too. I mean, it's something you love, but it should be shared. It should be enjoyed. It's part of, um, dare I say, a, a healthy lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And get to know it. Take it off the pedestal.
2: Right. That's, that's, that's my that.
1: philosophy at the winery. And, and at our hospitality <laughs> program, when people visit us, it's to make the wine very accessible. We want them to be, to enjoy it, maybe cherish it as something broad, you know, wine in general, but you don't necessarily have to cherish, you know, this particular bottle. I want you to open it up and share it with your well, friends. Been, and, I,
2: I think wine is meant to be drunk. And yeah. uh, uh, I do collect, you know, and I do have wines in my cellar that, let's just say, have gotten to the value that I feel awkward opening them. Oh, oh, yeah. But, uh, but for the most part, I think wine is out there to be enjoyed and to be shared. And that was the premise of the book and the thoughts about wine and and my ideas about different parts of the wine industry and different ideas that people may have about wine inspire me to write my biweekly column in the Napa Valley Register called The Wine Exchange. The Wine Exchange, which I you know is it, set up to be a interactive yeah, type of column for the register where I do get with every with every uh, column I do get comments and questions you know from readers
1: yeah I think that's interesting because you you have a topic that you definitely want to cover but then you take questions which I assume have been emailed to you in yeah advance. email
2: email primarily emailed yes and what those those are those are questions or comments that relate to the previous column
1: right you're answering yeah the previous right. weeks Questions and whatnot,
2: and sometimes I get a little too verbose, so to speak, in <laughs> writing the column and I don't have room in the word count for the questions. But they are coming. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: it's another book in that problem. Yeah, there was another book somebody else told you. Yeah. And I suppose, folks, if you live out of the area and you don't subscribe to the Napa Valley Register, they're, they're on the the, the the website, the Napa Valley Register yes dot com, and you type in Alan Balik. I'll even give you the spelling of his name. It's A L L E N. B-A-L-I-K. Alan Balik. Type you got that, that right. Type that in. You can read his columns. It's very cool. We've got to take a break. And then we're going to come back and we're going to talk more. We're going to talk. Well, stay tuned. You'll find out. He's got all
0: kinds of fascinating stuff he's up to. We'll be back with more of this special Judd's Napa Valley show from the weeky weeky grog shop. Right after these messages.
2: Judd's Napa Valley Show, Judd's Napa Valley Show, Judd's a Valley Show, Judd's Napa, Napa Valley Show. You're listening to Judd's a Valley Show. At
0: 1440 on your AM dial in the North Bay and streaming live around the world at kvon.com, Back to Judd's Napa Valley Show from the Weeky Weeky Grog Shop. Thank you very much,
1: Mr. Eastern Sour, Lauren Mole. Oh, you're welcome. Great drink over at Trader Vicks. Love the Eastern Sour. We are here with Mr. Alan Balik, Mr. World of Wine, talking about your experiences, your uh, writings in the world of wine. And I want to get to this amazing charitable event that you put on with your wife uh, Barbara it's called a culinary evening with the California wine masters I've had the pleasure of attending several times my mom often goes down and it is spectacular to say the least give us a little background where it came from what it does what it is how folks could come if they want
2: well first of all you don't just attend we're very proud to have Juds Hill pouring at our event. That's true. I'm sorry. We, we, we're very proud of that, and for I many years you participate. Yeah, participate. Thank That's you. A good one. The event actually started in in uh, as an idea in 1989. When and Barbara tells the story differently than I do, so this is my version. You invite her on the show; she can tell her version. I'd love to. I don't agree with her version. Oh, so anyway. oh, I should have had you together. You could <laughs> argue about it right here on the air. I love You've having couples on. Done that before? On. Done that before? Okay. No, but uh Barbara w- has been active with the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation for well over forty years. She's been a part of the foundation itself, National Foundation, for almost forty years and was involved with a local chapter in L.A. for about seven or eight years before that. But she came up with an idea. In 1989, the CF Foundation, they did an event in New York where they had wine and food. And Barbara said, look, you know, you love wine. You love to do these kinds of things. Why don't we come up? Because we were doing a, a celebrity tennis event at the time. Oh, I never And uh, the, the benefit of the local chapter and she says why don't we come up with a wine a wine and food evening and at that time there was really no model for a, a wine auction other than what was then Napa Valley wine auction now auction Napa Valley uh that was really the only model and the only, but the trouble is that they had the entire Napa Valley vintners uh behind them and we had each other uh. so th- that wasn't going to work <laughs> the way they do it Although it's a an amazing model if if you have the auspices to follow it. But so I, I said very simply, I said, you know, having a wine and food evening is great, but how do you how do you make money on it? Because this was all to raise money for charity. Yeah. And so what uh I got to thinking about is there were a lot of little local shops that were doing wine wine tastings, you know, throughout the area in those days, but they weren't fundraisers, they were just To sell wine. And they would have some hors d'oeuvres or something on the side. And so I said, why don't we make our event a wine and food pairing where we invite wineries. And let's just stick to California. We'll build it into the title, the California Wine Masters. So California wines will be featured. And we'll have a group of winemakers come down to L.A. and pour their wines. And we will pair each of the wines with food. So each wine is paired with appropriate right. an appropriate
1: dish, which I, I've always enjoyed when I'm when I'm there. That our table is shared with a very well known chef restaurant, uh, sharing a table with us. So our, our food and wine are meant to go together, which I think is a great idea.
2: Right, and and uh, it was it was a different thing then. I know was, uh, since that time, and we're now going into our twenty eighth year or so. Nineteen ninety was the kickoff event. Wow carefully planned this out, met with the food and beverage director of uh, the hotel in, in, in uh, West Hollywood, and would you know it, three weeks before the event, he got transferred to Hawaii. Oh. The new guy came in, he said, oh yeah, I know exactly what you want, and when we showed up to set up, all the wine tables were on the outside, and the food was all on the inside. It looked like Oops. a it looked like a Wailea Beach Sunday brunch. Mm. But anyway, it went okay. Uh, Michael Mandavi was our uh honorary chairman and also mm-hmm. our auctioneer. Oh. And we had about 200 people. Today we have 1400. Uh we had we raised about $44,000, which we thought was an amazing event. And today we raised 1,850,000. Wow. So we we've, we've raised about 20 uh just north of 29 million uh in the 20 uh, Twenty-eight seven years. For the Cystic Fibrosis. For the uh, Cystic Fibrosis Foundation, foundation yeah. uh, Research and Care, yes. And as the event grew, uh, we ran out of hotels to have it at yeah. because the, we couldn't fit the people it's in there. too big. And then we got the idea, instead of having the hotel chef or we were doing some things with the Ritz-Carlton chefs for a few years down in Southern California, uh, instead of doing that, why don't we just invite our own chefs and we'll make it what is now called a culinary evening with California Wine right. Masters. So we have uh, about 75 California wineries, some of the most prestigious, and always looking for newcomers, too. I, I like yeah. to, to showcase new wineries and new experiences for our guests. Wonderful. And uh, so we have about 75 wineries pouring about 125 or so different wines. And I ask each chef, we have 55 chefs, And I ask each chef to submit two dishes, one that would go with a white or light red, Mm. another would go with a medium to full-bodied red. And then I set out the wineries based on the wines that they're pouring from the lighter to the bolder, and then I fit the chefs in. It's like a a puzzle piece. And these
1: chefs are all from well-known restaurants? Well-known restaurants,
2: hotels, caterers, yes.
1: And the consumer can show up knowing that some real thought has gone into the food yes. and wine mashups. It's not just a, oh, we got a chef, make whatever you want. Here's a winery, pour whatever you want. It's a like, we thought of this dish to go with this wine and it, it's, that's exciting. I mean, if you're into food and wine, this is the event you really want to attend.
2: Well, my, my theory has always been uh, that, uh, and, and when I do my events and tours and we'll talk about that later, mm-hmm. uh, my theory has always been that you don't ask the chef what he's going to make and then, you know, find the wine that'll pair to it, because the chef is making it. He has the op, the the ability to make changes and tweaks and do right. other things. Right. The wine's already in the bottle. Not much you can do. No. So what? What my? Uh, what what I do whenever I pair wine and food is I start with the wine, and then create the dish around the wine. And this is no different than has been done, you know, in the old world, which we refer to as. Europe and as the old world, if you look at the difference in cuisine, like we were just in Italy, and we talk about that, uh, we're in northeastern Italy, up in Verona, and the cuisine was a lot different than when we went down to Tuscany, yeah, yeah. because the wines are different. Mm. So the cuisine has always grown up around the wine. The wine drives it, and up. the, the wine has always driven it. Wow. You know what grapes grow in your area, so now, what food's going to go with it? <laughs> And, and that's that's the same theory that I that I use in, in pairing the the seventy five chefs and uh, uh, seventy five wineries and fifty five chefs. It's
1: wonderful. You outgrew the hotel space, so you got to mention where you hold it now, which is another wonderful reason to attend because this is an opportunity to go someplace where the general public doesn't usually get to hang out.
2: Right. Uh, right. We've been holding it. This will be our sixth year at uh, Warner Brothers Studios on the. Back street lot, the Midwest street lot, and you've all seen this in countless movies and commercials mm-hmm. and other things, but we actually set up our event on the Midwest streets, which is about a six acre set. Wow, and we just learned last year that uh we are now the only outside event charity event that is allowed to use that particular set okay no uh, other than that, it's strictly used for production and uh and and warner brothers events so that's a a pretty nice feather in our cap for that
1: it's very cool for you guys and it's very cool for folks who come by who especially if you're a movie buff i mean if you're food and wine buff i mean it's already you know you're already golden but if you're also a movie buff you're amongst the amazing food the delicious wine the well-thought out pairings and you're strolling along in this area that you probably recognize from countless Productions, you know, we can point yeah. and say, "Oh, that's that's the square from whatever movie." There's the building where so and so did the. And it's all right there. It's it's really cool. You can tell I'm excited because I'm I'm a bit of
2: a movie buff myself. <laughs> no, it's uh, it, we had been for years at Paramount Studios. Yeah, I remember uh, that. The New York, streets, New York, yeah. And uh, unfortunately we outgrew that. Uh, they were they were terrific hosts for us, but the Warner Brothers lot just works out a little bit better as the crowd got
1: bigger. Well, that's great. So. If somebody wanted to come to this and experience it, how does that happen?
2: You go to californiawinemastersplural.org, dot org, you dot org, and
1: Do put the word plural in there, or no? No, just you don't the put s. the, the okay. s there. I just want to make sure because
2: some people will go to California Winemaster and oh. thankfully there are a lot of them in California, so yeah, it's plural. Yeah. So <laughs> CaliforniaWineMasters. dot org, and you will see the. Uh, You know, our website come up, and there's information on what we have in the auction. We have about, between silent and live, about 800 items in the auction that range from wine to travel and food and lifestyle. Really quite a gamut of of items. And uh, you'll see the menus with the pairings, the chefs, the dishes, the winemakers, and the wines. Uh, You can see it all. And you can see pictures of a lot of people having a good time.
1: Absolutely. It's worth the trip down to Los Angeles to go to this. This always happens in May, around mid-May. Yeah, it'll
2: yeah. be May 20th this year, this, uh, this two, coming year.
1: 2017. Always a good time. Now, we talked about the Midwest streets, the New York streets. Let's talk about the streets that you have traveled in the world of wine and brought people with you because you lead tours.
2: Yes, I do. Let's hear about uh, some of this. I, you know, I, part of my business, as I mentioned before, is consulting with Wineries on sales, marketing, and and uh, brand development, uh, but another part of my business is event planning, and so I deal with hosts and their groups. Mm-hmm. Uh, I deal with hosted groups. Uh, I don't put together my own groups as some no, others do, and uh, but I take them to wineries and uh, that they may not have heard of and probably haven't and experiences that they, and I've been with groups to Judd's Hill in the yep, past. thank you. And I also incorporate uh, winemaker lunches and winemaker dinners, and that can be done either at the Vintner's home or at the winery or at a restaurant, and we feature the wines of that winery, and the winemaker and or the Vintner, the owner, uh, is present to talk about the wines. And I try to give people a different perspective on what wine is all about. You know, I had a I had a prospective client call me up and tell me, "Well, we'd like to go to so and so. We'd like to go to," and they were all the known names that you see oftentimes on a wines yeah. by the glass list. But all all the known names, and I said, "You know, really, I'm not a limo driver. I, I'd like to <laughs> you know, I'd like to hire one of those guys too. Yeah. And uh, but I, you know, I'd like to take you to places so you could learn something new and experience mm-hmm. something new." It follows my plan with writing the book on demystifying yeah. a lot of the, the the myths of wine. I didn't get that job, but I've had other <laughs> ones uh, that where I, I I try to expose people to new and different things. I always try to have new wineries and and new personalities, you know, that I can introduce them to. And I've done a few uh, trips uh, other than just ourselves or with friends. But I've done a few wine tour trips in Europe and uh, other parts of the world. But uh, a few years ago, we were invited, or I was invited to uh, host a wine tasting group on the uh, Celebrity Solstice that went through the Mediterranean. And I charted out the ports that we were going to, and I personally sourced wines from wineries in Europe, to feature the areas of the, that we were visiting in the ports of call. Wow, so that's we, great. we had wines from uh, northern Italy, uh, wines from northeastern Italy, uh, wines from uh, southern Italy and Sicily. Mm-hmm. In that area, we had uh, wines from Spain. And wines from France. I'm sure there's some varieties the
1: that folks had never experienced before. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And,
2: and and the cross section of the people that and this was just our group on this big boat, and we yeah. also, Barbara and I arranged for some shore visits too that would only be for our group. Right, right. That's great. You're good hosts. And, and so we, we had a real good time on that. And and you know, some of the people uh knew nothing about wine and others were uh, one was quite an important collector. You know, here in Northern California, Mm -hmm. who joined us for that, and so my audience was not necessarily people who knew about wine or people who didn't know about wine. So I had to gear all my tastings and presentations not to insult the people that were knowledgeable, but not to overwhelm the people that weren't.
1: And I'm sure you know how to do that. It's something I do that dance deftly. I'm sure.
2: And then uh, two years ago, we did a we chartered a barge. In the uh, Canal de Bourgogne in Burgundy, yeah. and uh, there were there's twenty one passengers. We booked the barge, mm-hmm. and I took them you know it, in paris we we met in Paris for three days, and we did a whole bunch of you know walking tours and other things of Paris, and two a wine pairing dinner with one of the wine exporters of Paris, and also a tasting at his facility of wines throughout France. Wow. And uh, then after three days of this, we went on the barge, and I, I orchestrated with the skipper of the barge, and we sourced all the wine, you know, directly from the producers. Uh, we did a lunch on champagne, a lunch on wines of Burgundy outside of the Côte d'Or, <laughs> and we did a dinner on uh, Côte de Bone and another dinner on on the Côte d'Huit. All in all, we, we had about 45 wines at the four meals, and we had nowhere to go because we were all on the boat. You're, on the, you're stuck on the barge, <laughs> and this lady—a good barge to this be stuck lady on lady from England was cooking in a kitchen that's half the size of this room. And I'll let you describe the footage. Well, and she turned out five-course meals that we paired with two or three wines from for each course. Mm. And that was a great trip. And oh, that and,
1: sounds fun. I mean, this sounds like something once the uh, <laughs> kids are on the house, out of the house. You know, I'd want to. Get out and do, but that's going to be some time away. But if somebody else wanted to get in, if someone's a, a group leader, could they get a hold of you to, to help yeah. book something like that? how, how oh, yeah, how does that work?
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, either that or just you know Napa trips or, or Sonoma, you know whatever. Right. Uh, you can go to my website, uh, Savor Life Through Wine. That's it. Spell just as it sounds. Savor, Savor Life, Life Through Wine, Wine. Dot com. Com. and uh, you and you can reach me. At either A-L-L-E-N-B-A-L-I-K at Saver Life Through Wine. Or if you get a little lazy, how about just alanbalick at gmail.com. Yeah, that's a good one. It all filters to the same computer. That's great. And you've got a group trip coming up. Well, guys. we just did one, too. I, well, I, I got to tell you about this one. Well,
1: Italy, right. We've got a few minutes, so tell me okay. about that. And I also want to make sure folks know that uh, they can go... Back to Europe with you in August of two thousand and seventeen but let 's hear about what we just, just happened got in Italy. back
2: two weeks ago from a, t- a ten day trip uh, three about four days spent in the Veneto region above mm. Venice and uh, six days spent uh, in Tuscany where we visited some of the finest wineries enjoyed meals and My goal there was to expose our fifteen people fifteen friends to wines from all over Italy, not just Veneto and not just Tuscany. So we enjoyed about 80 wines wow. from the northeast in Friuli down through uh, Piemonte and down into Tuscany and south to Sicily and uh, Puglia, which is the heel of the boot. Yeah. And so that was quite an extraordinary trip and I did that all with visits to wineries and concocting uh, wine, you know, four and five course lunches and dinners each one paired with two or three wines
1: how nice and you said you're not a limo driver so hopefully you had somebody so you could enjoy all of this as well yeah what a what a wonderful trip and you've got something coming up and i i noticed this is on ama waterways it's a river cruise company that we did our judd's hill wine cruise back in april we went to uh, Mm -hmm. bordeaux and it was first class all the way it was wonderful the cuisine on board was wonderful the hospitality was wonderful we just had an amazing time. You're not going to Bordeaux. You are going to Portugal.
2: Yeah, we're going to do the Douro River. Cool. And uh, on the boat, our, our group is about 25 again, and we're going to spend three days in the beginning of the trip uh, in in the old town of Porto. And this will be our own little tour that I'm working on with one of the premier cork suppliers and also Sogia Venus which is the, one of the world's most highly regarded producers of uh, Tawney's and cojita ports. And we're going to do a lunch at Soju Venus. We're going to visit some of the, the cork supplier, and we're also going to visit other uh, port producers and do walking tours through the old town of Porto. Ah, beautiful. Once on the boat, uh, there will be 106 passengers on the boat, and there are a few staterooms available, not many. Oh. And... Uh, Everything I do on the boat will be for the entire 106 passengers. And there I'm going to do three different tastings. Uh, one tasting will be on the dry, the new dry wines of Port, of Portugal and Port. Uh, and another tasting will be on the Cojitas and uh, Taunis. And a third tasting I'm trying to figure out to do on Vintage Port. And then we're going to do one dinner. Mm. which will combine all of the above. How great. So
1: And a beautiful river to be
2: oh, sailing
1: on. And this, this is kind of cool because if folks want to go on this, and who wouldn't, and if you can go, it's August 15th through 22nd of 2017. Book it through your wife. Book yes. it through Barbara because if you book it through her, then $500 will go to the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation, which is a wonderful... Right. Organization that's you know California Wine Masters uh, supports that. So her email, can we give her email? Yeah. If you want information, yeah. Barbara Balik's email, so you can book this cruise, is B Balik. So it's B B A L I K at C F F org, and that's Cystic Fibrosis Foundation. So right, B Balik at C F F org to get in on the Duoro. Uh, cruise august 15th through 22nd that's of course after you get off the judd's hill cruise to alaska (laughs) you know that's that that ends on july 7th so you get you know about a month or so to
2: rest then you're
1: off to europe you're cruising with alan and barbara balick and And if you'd
2: like to come to napa in the meantime you know i'll take you on a trip there too
1: that's right we've got your your contact info as well alan Yes. It's now time to play everyone's favorite party game here on Judd's Napa Valley Show.
0: This is Mad Lib.
1: That's right. It's time to play the fill-in-the-blank word game. And what I'm going to do is ask you for some parts of speech. You're going to come up with something, and we're going to have a little fun. Are you ready to play? I'm ready. Okay. The first thing I need is a plural noun.
2: I could think of something that sort of buzzes in my ear, like Mm -hmm. vibrators.
1: (laughs) Vibrators, okay. You got it. How about a number? Any number?
2: I don't like the easy ones, so two and a half.
1: Two and a half. You got it. And how about another number?
2: Well, things kind of grow slowly in Napa Valley, so let's say three. Okay,
1: we got three. A noun, a thing as opposed to a person or place, to a thing.
2: A thing. Well, there's a yeah. lot of things in there. oh, yeah, There's
1: lots of things.
2: Well, thinking about all the cruise talk, mm-hmm. how about ocean waters? Ocean water. Okay. Got it. Another noun. Well, wine is kind of common, so how about gravitating is something I don't drink? Tequila.
1: Tequila. not a tequila fan. I'm not huh? a
2: tequila fan. Okay. Scotch, not tequila.
1: Scotch. That's right. You hung out with my dad, not my yeah. mom, as much. <laughs> my dad. Well, they both could drink tequila, but my mom's more the tequila person. Dad was the scotch guy. Anyhow, adjective.
2: Was my dad really a keg, a keg lover? We used to have great kegs. And oh. the, what were you I drinking back th- then? I, I, I had uh, whatever came out of that steel thing. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's what, okay. Sorry. It went we're, fizzy in the glass. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. Ah, uh, College days. Anyhow. Okay. An adjective. Oh, something soft and delectable. How about lacy? Lacy. I like it. How about a noun? Well, I had some experience with the four grandchildren trying to find their pants.
1: Pants. Okay, Okay. (laughs) I like that. Now, Alan, I need a geographic location.
2: Nothing cold. How about Death Valley?
1: Death Valley. Got it. Another geographic location.
2: A beautiful spot, Antigua.
1: Ah. Antigua. That's nice. a Caribbean island, if I'm not mistaken. It is. Okay. And finally, one more geographic location.
2: Well, something that's been in the news, I think, would be a, a good thing here. Uh, Trump Tower. <laughs> Trump Tower.
1: Okay. Here we go. Earlier today, Alan, <laughs> I found myself on throughwine.com. And there was a little blurb about you, a little biographical information.
2: You've now just rewritten this. <laughs> Are you ready to hear it? I, I, I hope so. Okay, here no, we I'm go. I'm ready. and I'm not sure I'm anxious. Well,
1: you'll, you'll find out whether that, uh, okay, anyhow. Uh, from throughwine.com, about Alan Bailey. Allen is a noted wine collector and recognized authority on California and European vibrators. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Off to a good okay, start. now here. I know where we're going. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> As a member of numerous tasting groups, Allen samples between two and a half and three wines each year for pleasure <laughs> and education. <laughs> two and a half wines. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Well. Yeah.
2: Some aren't complete. <laughs> uh, yeah, there
1: you go. Yeah. He also serves as a consultant for ocean water and tequila buyers and evaluates wine for lacy panels and publications.
2: (laughs) I think my word choices were a little off. I love
1: them. (laughs) This is good. In his travels, Alan has toured pants growing areas around the world (laughs) (laughs) and tasted at numerous wineries, chateaux, and domains throughout Death Valley, Antigua, and trump tower okay i, I want to <laughs> revise this okay. <laughs> okay. alan Balik, mr world of wine i want to thank
0: you so much for joining us today it's Thank been a, you, been a real
1: pleasure having you on the show
0: thank you judd thank you lauren from the wiki wiki grog shop in the beautiful napa valley this is eastern sour lauren mole speaking for judd's napa valley show a gill production Jud's napa valley show